It's October. It's October. It's October. It's October. Halloween is coming around the corner. It's nice out. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. The leaves are changing colors. You can go on hikes and you get to look forward to that glorious day where you get to dress up like somebody else. This year, I will be going as Luc Deluxe Tardif. I've got it all planned out. I cannot wait. I love Halloween. It's probably my favorite holiday. And I say that right until about beginning of December, mid-December. And then I start to say, I love Christmas, but I don't have to worry about Christmas yet. I can still soak in all of the horror movies and the fun Halloween TV shows and movies and everything. I, I love to consume it all as much as I can all in the month of October. I can't wait. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about Halloween games and Luke, you look like you're wearing a bit of a Halloween mask. I'm just kidding. But you do look like you're somewhere different. I've, I've, I've never seen you in this place before. Really? I'm, a, I'm in a hotel in Halifax. It's, uh, it's very exciting. It's kind of funny how when I, fi- I found out a few weeks ago that I was coming to Halifax for a week, I was all excited. I was like, oh my God, I'm going somewhere. Oh, you know what? It's got a haunted history too. And maybe we'll get into that. But for this week, this is Jake. And this is Luke. And you are listening to our board game podcast. Ménage à deux. Hello. Haunted Halifax. That has to be a thing. It's such an old city. Haunted it, it Halifax. Must have. There's such a thing. There's got to be tours. Everything that was haunted dude, died with the Halifax explosion. <laughs> That's a good one, actually. Um, but, you know, some some dude who overdressed in a costume puts on a, an accent. You know, he's a he's a, a struggling actor trying to make it. Uh, and he and he kind of gives these tours of the city. Uh, they've got them all over the place. Toronto's got them. Ottawa's got them. I've been to one on Niagara on the lake. They're a lot of fun. Cool little historical things. I'm sure Halifax must have one. It's possible. I just haven't done it. It's it's that thing with um, when you live somewhere, you tend not to know about like any touristy type of thing because you don't do them. Like I, I I haven't done the Harbor Hopper or stuff like that in Halifax because I'm here all the time. So you don't need to like do all that stuff. When I come to Halifax, I just live Halifax. I just do stuff that locals do because I'm, I'm not local, but I'm sort of local. So ghost tour, dare to be scared. The Halifax Citadel national historic site. So there's at least one. And you know what? It's true. A Citadel, it's an army barracks. I'm sure that there's lots of really terrible stories that, uh, that have come out of there, people getting killed and uh, and becoming ghosts and haunting other people. So you're right, though. People don't do the, the touristic stuff in their own town. I mean, I'm in a town that I'm not from. So what's fun is it's there's tons of touristic stuff to do here. And when people come to visit, we just end up doing those touristic things with them. And so I get to do those things because I'm, I'm not originally from here. But it's true that when you live somewhere, it's not uh, the place that you go the most often. Exactly. But if I lived in, in in Halifax in Ottawa, I think I would um, I would go to the National Gallery often. 
It's kind of nice. Mm, I haven't been. <laughs> Never been. I, you know what? I'm not all that interested in art, though. That's, that's, that's uh, the thing. That's so I've been sad. to a, a couple of the other museums. I've been to um, the Diefenbunker, the Aviation Museum. I've been to the uh, Natural History Museum. Uh, I can't remember what the name of that is. Did you say uh, the, the Diefenbunker? Yeah, Diefenbunker. Okay. Have you? You don't know what it is, do you? No. So in it the Cold War, it sounds like Diefenbaker, but yeah, Diefenbaker. So in during the Cold War, Diefenbaker, who was prime minister, uh, I guess commissioned them to to build a bunker in case of a nuclear holocaust, uh, and it it was big enough to have something like a hundred or a hundred and fifty people um, to to go live in it, and it it was then uh, after being decommissioned as a as a bunker uh, was turned to a military base, and then now it's actually a a museum where you can go down into the bunker and see what it looked like. It, it's pretty wild. Like it's not as it's, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, but it was it was pretty great. They got a lot of old technology from the '60s in there, and like there's a cool vault where the Bank of Canada would have stored its gold reserves. Of course, at that uh, in that time, a little more important to have gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a train that left directly from downtown and brought them there. Um, and now that train station downtown is just, I can't remember what they converted it to, but it's no longer the train station. The train station's a little bit outside of the city. Um, and Diefen Baker, I guess, got told that they were going to um, keep the 100 spots to doctors, scientists, uh, politicians, important, influential people, military people, and that the significant others of these people were not on this list by default. They would have had to have their own you know, reason of rank. And I guess he didn't like that. So he said, no, screw you. We're closing this, this fucking thing. I'm not building this bunker anymore if my wife can't come. Anyway, I'm paraphrasing from the, from the time I went and I did the tour, but it's a cool one, Luke. And if it's way, way out in CARP, like way outside of Ottawa. Um, but it's, a, it's an interesting uh, thing that exists. Nice, nice. I haven't heard of it before, so I guess maybe one Next day. Next time you're here, honestly, if, it, if I know you're going to come here eventually, if that interests you at all, for whatever reason. I actually reason, don't if that, know if I'll go eventually. I have no clue if that's going to happen again. Okay. I well, don't know if that's, that's a possibility and if it's going to be man. a possibility now at I feel some great. point in history. You're like, it's just breaking my heart here. Okay, thanks. You can't like let me down easy or something? Like, yeah, sure, maybe. Yeah. Just No, that's not what I do. And just breaking hearts, taking yeah. names. Exactly. What an asshole. Well, yes. uh, I hope you're, you're having welcome. a fun time in Halifax. It's a city I love, so I'd love to go back there someday. Yes. And S- that I say with certitude. I will be back in Halifax someday. Inshallah. Yeah. That's uh, Arabic. That's what they say. Um, that's what Muslims say all the time. Whenever you say something that's in the future, they say inshallah, which means God God willing, basically. Oh, yeah, God willing. Yeah, yeah. God willing. So I if, mean, if there is a God. Yeah, but, well, that's another story. <laughs> I'm just... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, Luke, have you been playing anything recently? I said that I said that a la Luke. That's not how people say things. Have you been playing? Have you played something recently? No, no. Have you been playing? Like, you keep playing stuff. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a sentence that does exist, could exist, but it just, it, it evokes a different message than I know, have but you that's what I mean. Recently? Like you have to, <laughs> okay. yeah, like you keep playing that game. So have you been playing? Oh, yeah. Like a pandemic legacy. <laughs> that, exactly. that, that's where that would work. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I mean. Uh, yes, I did. I did play something. I played a, a new, well, it's not a new game, but it's a new game for me 
called Dice Hospital. Ah, cool. And I feel like that's a game you would have bought if you were in my situation, basically. <laughs> so where was, was your situation? Well, my situation was, um, I was, I, I just arrived, like I, I got here, I think on, no, I don't think I got here on Sunday and I, uh, turned on the computer and then, uh, I saw on maritime tabletop gamers buy, sell and trade the group. Um, Someone was like, was selling this game, but he said, uh, well, you know what? I bought the French version by mistake. Okay. So it's still wrapped and everything, but I'm selling it for basically 60% of what it's worth usually. So I said, you know what? I'll just try it. And it says dice in the name. So I just feel like you would have bought it just because it said dice. I mean, same name. thing. I would, uh, how much was it? I, I would take a chance on a, on a good dice game. There's a lot of really good ones out there. Uh, it was $40. Oh, that's maybe a bit heavy for me to take but, a chance. Yeah. But it's a, it, it's not a small game. It's not like just a small dice throwing game. It's not in the league of, I don't know, like, zombie dice and stuff like that it's actually a bigger it's a bigger dice game and it's not even a um i mean there are dice and the dice in the game are patients in the hospital and basically you do throw dice and there's like a luck component to it but it's not necessarily just that so basically what you do you take dice from a bag uh, they need to be between two and and five. If if they're one and six, you have to re-roll the dice. And then you put them on the table and you have to place them in ambulances. And then in turn order, you, uh, everyone picks an ambulance with the dice on them. So you pick three dice and you have to place them in your hospital. Okay. From there, you need to cure. And your goal is basically to cure your patients and send them off out of the hospital like by curing them and how do you cure them by raising their stamina to like seven so basically when they get to six if you can raise their stamina by one they can actually get out of your hospital and uh, so it's not it's sort of like a mix between a dice game and a worker placement game because you get you get like nurses that you that that will work for you, and they go to different parts of the hospital. But at the same time, you're laying tiles on the table because you're improving your hospital to make sure that you can send off as many patients as you can in a turn. And everything's very everything's very um, thematic in the game, except for one thing that's kind of weird, where you're like. You have to send off as many patients as possible in one turn to make more points. Because if you send out just like one patient, you make one point. But if you send out, send off two, you make three points. And if you like three patients are leaving, I don't know, like there's a chart, but three is like five points and then so on and so forth. And the thing is, like sometimes you'll want to, just wait. You're like, hmm, I think I'm not going to send these patients right now because if I do, I'm not going to make as many points. Okay. So, so you're, that's the part but that's is not there a chance of them, them like overflowing in your, your hospital yes. becoming overrun? Yes. Yes. But you, you know, you're never, you're never going to get more than three patients in one turn. It plays in eight turns. Okay. 
So, because you get an ambulance full of patients every single turn you play, and you play eight <laughs> Can you turns. Imagine if the health so system you, in Canada was like this, and so they're like, "Oh no, 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 you can't go yet. Hang on, just stay in your bed." He's like, "But I'm healthy. You just wait, just wait, just wait." Okay, <laughs> yeah. go now. We got a so bunch you know, of points. Get, get, get out, get out of the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So sometimes you know you can cure them, but you're like, mm, I think I'm just going to wait and like have a better combo at some mm-hmm. point in the near future. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've only played one game, uh, but it's, it's, it's a very fun game actually. And I, there's an expansion. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get it. Like it's, it's quite expensive. It's like 45, $46. What I, from what I saw, okay. but if I ever find it, uh, used, I might get. I, I think it's a it's a cool game. I think you'd like it. It's it's sort of like a midway kind of game that you like, but it's a very thinky game. Like we were, you look at your your workers and you're like, okay, I, hmm, if I played there, because sometimes, for example, there's one room in the hospital where you can improve, you can heal by one point one of your green dice. Okay, and then another room you can heal a dice that's five or six. So you have to like sort of like mitigate the risks. You're like, okay, so I I have three sixes, but one is a green and two are yellow. So what do I use? And of course you can buy, you can not buy, but you can get better tiles. And every turn you get to pick either a new tile. So a new room in your hospital with new functions or a new doctor or a new whatever, someone working for you. So when you pick, and they have special functions. So you can get either more workers to work for you or more functions in your hospital. And sometimes you're like, okay, but I, I want to be able to do more stuff. But also I want more workers working for me. So it's sort of like it has an engine building component to it, I guess. Uh, so I, I think it's a pretty cool game. It's, um, I mean, when you look at the box, it looks like an easy peasy type of game. Okay. <laughs> I'm showing it to you right yeah. now. It's like, it's just like very, looks like a family weight game, but it's a, I guess it looks a little like uh, Quadropolis. Yeah, that, it, the, the type right of when box. I saw the box, it made me think of Quadropolis. Yeah, but just like in Quadropolis, you have to think. You have to think when you place your workers, cool. you're like, okay, is that the best combo I can put down? And it plays, I mean, unless you you play with, uh, uh, plays with an AP, it's a game that plays pretty quickly because it's only eight rounds. You know, it's a fixed eight round. Um, there's one thing about the game that's kind of weird, though. There's a, a sort of like a dial for for the rounds that you turn, but it's not fixed to the board. So you like you turn it, but if if let's say I do something, I can just knock it off, and I'm like, it would have been so easy to have like Ugh. have it fixed to it, and just like you can. I hate those like dial. dial things, like King of Tokyo scoring, and ugh. yeah, but it, it would like it. It would have. I don't know how you, what you call those, but like that little thing that you put. You put a hole in the middle, and it goes like it has little legs. I don't, I don't know. Oh. What you, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, Those you metal just got a hole in the middle of the legs. It's funny because like seeing your fingers do that, I totally um, <laughs> understood what you're talking about. The uh, I can't remember what those are called, but I remember when we were kids, we would have these like notebooks that were called yeah. duotangs. And yeah, exactly. Would, and it has the little yeah, legs. Yeah, you would take these the, the, those metal um, prongs and you would fold them yeah. over the the pages to keep it in place. So I don't know what those are yeah. called. <laughs> 
they they could have had just just that like you put a little hole in the middle of that dial and then that's easy like it's super easy and it works way better i don't know it's just a weird thing that didn't do it uh but except for that i think it's a pretty cool game oh one other thing as well that i wish they had done i feel like they do that in most dice game if you're making a dice game just make your dice special like you know those <laughs> dice are patients So just, and you're healing them. So instead of putting like just a little regular dots on your dice, put, I don't know, like red crosses or something like that, just to, to show that it's like those dice were made for your game. I don't know. Maybe it would make the price a little steeper, but I don't know. I think it, it would, when you play, for example, King of New York, King of Tokyo, there's such a pleasure from like just having those dice that were made for the game. And just like roll them and you're like, yes. <laughs> Little known uh, fact, the uh, the dots on a die in English are called pips. Oh, yes. I, I knew I that. I knew that. But, but I didn't remember. I, I didn't learn that until only a couple of years ago, I think. Pips. Pips. Yeah. In French, it means something else. So Yeah. Yes. It does indeed. So anyway, have you been playing something? Yes. Nothing uh, all that uh, extravagant or new, unfortunately, this time around. I'm, I've played an old game that I've played so many times that uh, I get tired of it. But I had a friend who said, hey, let's play this game online. And that game is Lost Cities, the two-player card game that I have probably played at this point a hundred times um, and maybe even more. Oh, and if we were to... Oh, I played more than that for yeah, sure. If we were to make a list of the games we've played the most, which is something we've talked about potentially doing at some point, I'm sure this would be in the top five and potentially uh, closer to the upper echelon of that. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Lost Cities, it's, it's nothing special. I haven't had a chance to play anything new in the last two weeks, which is too bad. Uh, but you all... Uh, might not know this game, so I'll explain it. It is a, a card game for two players where there are five different colors. There are five lost um, cities that uh, we are trying to explore. We are on an expedition trying to find them. That is the theme of it. If you have the expansion like I do, you can play with the sixth color. Um, but anyway, it's five colors for the, the base game. And basically, it is a hand management game. You have a set of uh, cards in your hand, and you must play one and pick one up. You can play one directly in front of you. You can choose a color that you want to start, or you can put it in the middle on a small board between the two players. But if you place a card in the middle, it is now available to the other player. And then once you've placed a card, you can pick up a card, which again, either the middle, you can pick up a card that somebody else has played there, or you can uh, take one from the deck. The five colors have cards from one through 10, uh, and they also have bonus cards. Um, Actually, I think it's... um, It's only two to 10, right, Luke? Two to 10. Two to 10. So you are taking cards from two to 10, and you need to place them in front of you. Now, if you place a card in front of you, you have now bet on that color, saying, basically, I believe I have a certain amount of cards in this color so that I can pass um, basically 10 total points because when you uh, are 20, sorry, total points because when you bet a card, you immediately have a negative. 20 score and you need to get out of that hole by having other cards of that same uh, color so you can't really um you you can't really just 
throw down any color card you want. You got to think strategically of what you want to place. And on top of that, you have to play in ascending order. So if you have a 10, a 9, and an 8, pretty darn good. You're going to crack that 20, no problem, to be able to get into positive points now because you passed the negative 20 mark. But you can't place cards lower than that. So you would start with eight, then play nine, then play 10. Then later, if you pick up a four, five, six, seven, those are points that are just lost. But you never know when should I and when shouldn't I play. So it's it's a fun balance. And there are multiplier cards, three of each color that you need to place first before you even start going. So uh, fun hand management game, back and forth, tug of war, deciding when to play cards, when to put them in the middle. You're constantly watching what the other player does. It's a great two-player game for that because you're, you're not just playing your own game. If they're playing colors, you know that they might have some colors and you need to hold on to the colors to block them. I might not want to go for blue, but I don't want to give him the five, six blue. He just played the four. It's going to get points out of me if I do that. So I need to hold on to that. And so I'm managing my hand very carefully, deciding when to play, when to discard. Um, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful hand management two-player game that I've played way too many times. But uh, it is the game that I played this week. So I, I figured I'd be honest and, and, and talk about that. Yeah, you're like, oh, I've played Lost Runes of Arnak. <laughs> exactly. And I can't remember how it was. <laughs> Exactly, which it is a little bit depressing to not play that many games, but still uh, uh, in a situation where I don't get to see that many people. Uh, so I've been playing online when I can, game night here and there when I can, and you have an upcoming Halloween game night, which is a great transition into what we're talking about today. But I will be having a Halloween game night at my house. It's the first game night I've had in my apartment since COVID hit. In fact, we were about to have a St. Patrick's Day themed evening with games. Um right when things started exploding and people felt uncomfortable coming. And so we, we canceled the, the evening, but Luke, you've been invited to this Halloween game night. It's more of a, a formality than anything. I, I don't expect you to show up, but I figured, Hey, you know what? Might as well tell him what date it is in case somehow he's going to be in town. You know what? I, when I received the invitation, I looked at, at my calendar and I was like, can I make it? I actually considered going. Wow. Yeah. I was like, okay, that would be great to go. But honestly, um, the main reason why I'm not going, like, I think I would have gone if, uh, if I, if I, if the schedule made sense with my schedule, mm -hmm. but it's like everything's too tight. There's too many things I need to do. But I just, I, I just thought if I'm going to Ottawa for that night, might as well just take a few more days and then like be there for like three, four, five days at least. But it just doesn't make sense. Like I, I, I pay six hundred dollars <laughs> a plane ticket for six hundred dollars to be there for two nights. So it's like, you know what? Let's let's just keep that money for like a time where we can actually spend time together. So and to buy more games. Yes, yeah, because we need to talk about games on this podcast. Man, you two listeners cost us a lot of money. That's you a good cost point. us a lot of money. I thought about that recently. Like, there's a there's a guy whose uh, videos I watch. Um, I watch some like hockey reviewers, and they talk about like hockey games and, and hockey jerseys and other things that they like. And one guy was he came on and he announced, "Oh, I'm so sorry, we're we're canceling our podcast. You know, we had a good run and blah 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 blah." blah. And and he kind of talked about how um, 
it wasn't it wasn't profitable for them. That was one of the reasons. There were many reasons, including time investment and all of that. So I'm not trying to belittle his his reason to leave. But one of the reasons he said is, you know, we weren't uh, monetizing the podcast, and so we were actually paying twenty or thirty dollars a month in um, in hosting fees and all that. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, we do that. And, the, and and it's like it's not that bad. I'm like, you know, it's 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 a cost, but it's you know, it's not the most expensive cost in the world. But then he says, and you know, we we just had a, a thousand listeners for every podcast, and I was just like, oh my god, a thousand! <laughs> like we we have way more than that. Mm, yeah, for sure. For a board game podcast in both English and French in Canada, no, I don't think so. Way. But way more, way more than a thousand weekly that listen. But anyway, um, we are talking about Halloween. Halloween. I love oh, yeah. Halloween. I love it. Oh. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love yes. It. I love uh, it. But before we go on, I just wanted to say I also played Star Clicker again, two games. It was so nice. Like we went Ooh. up a level because there's like four levels of difficulty. I played uh, level one and two this time with uh, Piro um, that was on a podcast episodes a lot of episodes ago, and I also played... Alexandre. Alexandre, yeah. And I also played um, Spirit Island with him. And he, hmm. I don't think he liked it that much. It was his first time. And then he was... I, I could see that he wanted the game the game to be over at some point. He's like, man, this is complicated. Oh, I wow. I'm not sure I get the game yet. I was like... He's oh. not usually like that. I mean, the man that introduced Everdell to us. Yeah, exactly. But I, I don't know. Like he, uh, I don't know. Maybe he was just tired, but I love this game. But at some point I, w- I wanted the game, the game to be over too. Cause you, when you, when you see someone who wants the game to be over, you're like, okay, like, you know, let's make it quick so that it ends. Um, but we had a particularly difficult run at it. So we lost against oh, the that's game. Too bad. Yeah, exactly. That's too bad. But it was nice. Um, so we want to talk about the games you might want to play in the upcoming week. Uh, this episode will go live on Saturday, October 23rd, exactly eight days before the glorious Halloween um, f- uh, celebration. And, and, and you know what? That gives you eight great days to pull out a couple different games and um, play some Halloween theme or horror themed or um, even autumn themed games if that's kind of your your thing. So we said, why don't we try to do some Halloween games? And just like the Halloween movie, everybody, everybody's listening right now. Think about your favorite Halloween movie. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you three seconds to do that. Yes. How many times have you seen it? probably 15 or more. And just like those Halloween movies that you watch every year because you love them so much, these games are not going to be much different than games we've already talked about. Spoiler alert, we've talked about a lot of these games before, but I think it's worth mentioning them, talking about them, maybe giving you a couple ideas. Uh, and I've even got a couple of new ones I haven't played yet that I want to play that uh, that are on my list. And that's kind of how I divided my list because I, I kind of took situations. So uh, the different situations you could find yourself in. And I tried to pick a game that kind of works for that with a Halloween theme. I won't go that deep into the games themselves because in some situations I've got two games that are written. Um, and again, we've we've t- talked about them ad nauseum. So I don't know that all of these need to be d- explained, but I will explain some of them when we come across them. That's how I kind of did my list. So I don't know if you want to piggyback on my categories or if you're going to do a top five of your favorite or what. 
I already made my list, but if ever you give me ideas, I'll just mention games. But um, I had a hard time too because I, I like when I put down all the games I had played that were like sort of themed around Halloween or something that was Halloween-ish. I was like, man, I feel like we've talked about those games a lot. Um, but I I do have a a few special mentions, I guess, and games I would love to try uh, that are ha like themed around Halloween. So, um, yeah, we'll mention them when it comes to it. So do you want to start with your number? F oh, and just before we, we start, uh, you might think, okay, why did he mention this? And he didn't mention, I don't know, like zombie 15 or letters from Whitechapel or Mysterium or whatever. It's just because exactly what we said, I didn't want to use all the games that we talked about a lot. So I didn't mention them today. I didn't shy away from that. I, I, like I said earlier, like I, when I think about my favorite Halloween movie or my favorite Christmas movie, I watch them every year. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you're angry because we're mentioning games we've talked about before, I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. The, the, these are, it's a pigeonhole of a theme, but there are new ones that I want to try that I, that I haven't uh, tried yet. So uh, maybe someday. Okay, so what I'll do is I'll put uh, the, the ones that I called my my new games. I was I had six kind of categories. I'll save those for your honorable mentions, um, and I will uh, I will throw them at that point at the end. So my first category, number five, family family category. So some of you are listening, and uh, you know I put family first because you know your kids they got to go to bed. It's 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 uh, it's still early out. But let's start with the family game. Get it out of the way. Get them to bed. And then you can move into some of the other stuff. It's the 31st. You just got back from trick-or-treating. They're probably crazy on candy. Maybe there's no game coming out. But you might be looking for something. And I think that Ghost Fighting Treasure Hunters is a fantastic game for you to play with your family. I actually think it's even decent for regular gamers to try. It's a cooperative game. You are going around this house fighting ghosts trying to get them out of the different rooms. They appear randomly um, uh, using a card system. And if you make it to the hardest level that you can, uh, including there's a little mini expansion you can get to have like a special ghost that you can, you can add, it, it makes it interesting enough for adults. But if it's not at the hardest level, it won't be uh, enough of a challenge. So it's, but it'll be great for family. And you're, you're running around. It's a little bit like the Ghostbusters, but they're kids and they're running around with their little backpacks and they're collecting different uh, artifacts and getting in and out of the house to, 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 to kind of end the, uh, the game. Uh, I think there's eight different, um, pieces you need to collect. Uh, and as you're doing that, there's ghosts that are just keep appearing in different rooms. And if you're in the room, you have to attack them before you do anything else and etc. So that one's really good. If you're in a family situation and you've got, you know, younger kids, I would say 10 to you know, seven to 10, uh, age range. Um, great game, really well produced, beautiful, Um, I, I think that, I, I mean, I owned, I owned it because I really wanted to try it. I owned it. And it's always one of those things where when you, when you're looking for a game, you go to like the local board game community on Facebook and you type like, um, looking for, and then you insert the name of the game. And I would put, you know, looking for ghost fight and treasure hunters. And every time some douche would write, where do I sign up for this? I've been trying to do this for years. Because I wrote looking for ghost fighting treasure hunters, like somebody who was a treasure hunter that fought ghosts, like as if my wanted ad was looking for hunters. Anyway, I, I, I almost deleted those comments. But anyway, uh, mm. that one's really great. And then a classic one from when I was a kid is 13 Dead End Drive. Won't go into how it's played. Um, 
really old, um, not old, but like 80s, 90s type of g- game where uh, what I like about it is there things fall, the chandelier falls, the father clock falls. So kind of this interactive uh, game where the, the, the board actually does things uh, to kill the people and you're trying to kill the other people in the in the house. That one's a lot of fun too and really nostalgic. So uh, if you're in family situation, Ghost Fight and Treasure Hunters or 13 Dead End Drive. Nice. Um, well, I guess my number five could fit in your category. Uh, I, I feel like it could be a, um, it can be a family game. It's called Similo Spookies. So we we talked about Similo that we played uh, last two episodes ago, I think. Yeah. Uh, that we played it. And there's a Spookies version with um, with ghosts and Frankenstein and stuff like that. So basically what it is, it's sort of a mashup between a game like, I would say, Codenames and Dixit, sort of. So you need... You need to eliminate, uh, well, you need to like, get your partner to guess what card you're trying to make them, like, you're trying to make them guess one of the cards in the middle of the table, but you do that by showing them cards that you have in your hand and you have to put it down. If you put it uh, vertically, it means this card has something similar to the cards I'm trying to show you. And if you put it horizontally, it means this card um, has something different. Like it, it's unlike the card that I'm trying to for, for you to get. Like I'm trying to make you guess. Um, the first round, the player needs to eliminate one card from the table. The second round, two. The third round, three. The fourth round, four. And at the end, there's only two cards left. And you make you need to make them guess one of the two cards on the table uh, on the cards there's a few features there's like uh, a few descriptions like uh, there's a description sorry and there's a few like features about that character um it'll say something like i don't know like it's uh it's from this movie or it's i don't know it's, there's like there's feet there's uh details about that character so it helps you try to figure out um helps you try to give better clues, I guess. Uh, it could be visual. It could be about whatever it says on the card. It could be because of colors. Uh, you just you just pick options and you try to make your partner guess which card you're trying to direct them. And it's co-op. So basically, we lose or we win together. So it's called Similo Spookies. Very cool. I said at the end of that episode that I was going to buy uh, some uh, copies of this because they're mm-hmm. actually pretty cheap. I didn't end up pull- pulling the trigger on that because they didn't have them on on Amazon where it's like free shipping and the games are nine ninety nine. You know what I mean? Like they're they're cheap games. They're you know twelve ninety nine. So I didn't feel like buying a copy of Similo for twelve ninety nine and then pay- paying eight ninety nine for shipping. Um, yeah. So I kind of avoided buying them, but I, what I should do is now that we can, well, just it's been a while that we can, but just go to the store. Let's just go to Lost Leisure. They probably have a couple there. So exactly. Okay. Uh, my number, and this makes me want to buy this, by the way, for my game night coming up. It's not a bad idea. It's a good social, simple game. You know, but it's a two-player so. game, though. I guess you could do it in a group. You, uh, <sighs> you could. Okay. 
Well, there you go. Good segue. My uh, number four is uh, solo or two-player games. So Similo Spookies. There you go. I'm done. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> Obviously, Zombie 15 is on this list. You need to buy uh, an additional um, expansion. Luke, you have this expansion. Um, I feel like when you bought your copy, it came with it or something. I might have picked up a French version for you or something. But anyway, it's uh, it's called Left Alone, I'm pretty sure, and Zombie 15, Left Alone. Uh, it's a solo expansion so that you can play the game solo. I would 100% recommend that. But of course, a game that I hesitated mentioning in our last uh, episode, um, and I get to mention, is Onirim, or Onirim, which is a, a fantastic one- or two-player card game. Uh, the theme is that you're in this dream universe, and there's these monsters trying to, to, uh, to, to haunt you or to get you. So I think that fits in with some of this uh, Halloween theming obviously zombie theme for zombie 15 fits um on irem you can play solo or two player that's why i chose it where zombie 15 uh, you know if i had to have a solo game i would do zombie 15 you could also do like a an arkham horror or an eldritch horror we've talked to those to death as well um but i think similo spookies is a a really great uh, example of a great two-player game that you can do for for halloween as well um it says here on the it says it's a two to eight players similo I, I I've never played it. It says best three to four. I don't. I've never played it with more than two, so I have no clue. Well, buy yourself a six hundred dollar fucking flight and get out here. We'll play on Saturday. Oh, nice! Such a good idea. Such a good idea. I mean, it is. Buy me a fucking six hundred dollar. I'll pay three hundred. You pay three hundred. Nope. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Shows how much I mean to you. Yes. You mean $52 to me. You can pay the rest. Oh, my God. I would not pay $550 for you to fly here. I would just go see you instead. <laughs> Don't be cheap. Yeah. The two is for the can of Coke on the way on the way in. You're number four. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I thought you weren't done. Sorry about that. My number four is actually, I think I'm stretching it a little, but at the same time, I feel like it looks like... El Dia Los Muertes, el, the Day of the Dead from uh, Mexico. So I, my number four is a little game called Skull. It looks like you're playing with coasters, but very nice looking coasters. And it's a pretty cool game where you have four coasters, basically, and three of them have a flower on them, and one of them has a skull. So on the other side, we all have the same, Im well, it's a, like the same image on all of your coasters. So all the other players can, can't see which coaster you hold if you're holding the one with the skull or any of the three with flowers. And then you start and you put one of your coasters down. You pick either a skull or either a flower and you go around the table. Everyone puts one down. And when it gets to the first player again, that player can say, okay, I'm stopping now and I'm betting that I can flip whatever number of coasters and get three flowers without getting a skull. You have to flip yours first. And then the next player over can say, mm, I'm betting that I, I can get one more than what you said. Of course, if there's only four coasters on the table and, and I said four, uh, that player can't and I have to, like, I'm doing it myself. Um, basically it's a kind of push your luck component to the game. 
So whenever it stops, like whenever everyone has passed except for the highest bidder, they start flipping the coasters over. So uh, the starting with the player who uh, with the, the the coasters of the player who won the bid, and then you try to find as many coasters as you said. So as many flowers as you said. So if you said three, you flip yours first and you try to get two more around the table. You got it. Good. You got a point. If you get two points, you win. But if you get a skull, you have to mix your coasters together and then just hand out, face down your coasters to someone else and say, get rid of one of them. They take one and put it in the middle of the table It could be your skull or it could be your flowers. If it's your skull, you have to be a very good bluffer the rest of the game because they have to believe that you could kill them with your skull, but you don't have it. Okay? So you start over again and again and again. And if you lose all your coasters, well, you lose. And if you win two points, you win. So that's that's basically the game, but it's a lot of fun. And it's a beautiful coaster game. <laughs> Your top five coaster games. Number one. Skull. Skull. Number, Number two, two. Skull. Skull. Yes. Number three. Skull. And number four. Porterfas. Yeah, buddy. There's coasters. Also, yeah. you could consider like Escape, the Curse of the Temple. Everybody gets like a little yeah, I guess. ovular shaped piece of cardboard that looks like a it could have been a coaster a coaster for a small cocktail drink also um, all the tiles from that game could be coasters there you go all yeah. tiles are coasters yeah well uh, i mean the size of those tiles they could fit a glass there you go yep true say so number four skull and it used to be called skulls and roses i think Oh yes, uh, I think yeah. you're right. I think I played this once at a at a party, and but the uh, last version is actually a, a a good looking. It's it's actually very good looking. The last version, cool. And I think it's available on Board Game Arena. I'm pretty sure it is. Well, I just saw on Board Game Arena that uh, Dice Hospital is there too. Eh? Like, oh, really? uh, we, should, beta we should try that. No, I don't think it's beta. I think it's the full version. Oh, really? Uh, so we should try it. Uh, now that you've played that game and you know how to, I, I wouldn't mind trying it with you. Well, we can try it right after we recorded. Nice. Uh, so my number three is a category called co-op, co-op games, cooperative games. Uh, there's a game that I always bust out around this time of year, and it's um, probably the only time of year that I do play it. It's called Witch of Salem. Uh, it is a Cthulhu universe game where you are uh, trying to go around and find the uh, these certain tiles that you can close the portal before the Witch of Salem comes and takes over the city. Um, and I talked about this the other day because Luke had mentioned in, I think it's the game that you just talked about that you have sitting in front of you. Um, something, something, Chuckers. Lost Runes of Arnak? No. Um, oh, it's oh the kids. Star Clicker? Star Clicker. Yeah. Where you said that like you had to remember something and it could change. Yes. So there's the same thing, the same kind of a mechanic in this game where you're going around and you're trying to look at these tiles to find what is at each part of the town. And you can't tell the others what's there, but you need to kind of work cooperatively to then close the portal. So uh, it's a pretty cool uh, game. It's one of these games that's fantastic if one rule is changed and that's what everybody says who plays it. So um, that is actually the rule that people say is like, why shouldn't we be allowed to 
communicate what was under there, but uh, uh, you made me think of it, and, and it gives me um, makes me want to play Witch of Salem. Obviously, it's uh, you know very Halloween y, but on top of this, I cannot not mention Horrified, another cooperative game with the Universal Studios monsters, which all of those movies could be very easily in your list of Halloween must watches. Um, depending on how much you like those movies, a lot of them are considerably older, but um, definitely a great uh, monster e-game. And they got away with using the actual names of these monsters, which is really cool because there's other games that aren't able to do that. There's one that I saw, uh, and I, I'd never heard of it before, and I, I had a link uh, open, but I can't seem to find it. Um, and they weren't able to, it's like Mixtape mix tape, uh, Massacre, I believe it's called. And uh, they couldn't use real names so like they've got jason and from friday the 13th and they call him the legend and they've got like you know um i don't know i can't remember the names they use but they have other people like hannibal lecter and he's called something else so um Mm. too bad for that kind of that kind of game but this game horrified was able to actually use all of these you know the 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 lagoon monster uh frankenstein dracula all that so um great game Co-op, lots of fun. You might be in the mood just to play together and not be competitive. Uh, so I think this is a great one. I think Luke would probably put Mysterium on this list as well for co-op. I, I as I mentioned last episode, I'm kind. Of, it's kind of lost its its shine for me. Uh, but uh, there you go, co-op. My third category. I would like horrified and Mysterium would both be on my list if I didn't have like. I didn't make myself my my home rule uh, of not using games I talked about way too much because they're super good games. I think mm-hmm. it's a great a great great pick, but I I just didn't want to mention it. My number three is actually a um, it's it's actually I I uh, I played this game the first time at Snakes and Lattes in Toronto. It's a it's a hit over there. Uh, it's a, I, I feel like it would be a good drinking game. Uh, it's Ooh, called okay, Ghost oh, I'm Blitz. Listening. What? No, oh, oh, I'm Ghost listening. Blitz. Uh, Ghost Blitz is a, I guess it's a speed game where you flip a card over. You have five objects in the middle of the table: uh, a ghost, a chair, a bottle, a a mouse, a mouse, and a book. So you have five, and they all have a different color. And you flip a card if the object that you if one of the objects that is shown on the card he's stuttering but it's it's a real mental piece of you know it's a piece of mental olympics to remember this because it's like you need to find the item that's not there like it's it's almost hard to describe or the item that is different (laughs) anyway go ahead but there's always two objects on the card so if for example on the card you see a white ghost which is one of the objects in the middle of the table. So if there's a white ghost and there's a white ghost on your card, you need to go and reach for that white ghost the fastest possible. You need to be the first one to grab it. If it's a gray mouse, which is one of the objects, again, you reach for it like you grab it first. Blue book, the red chair, the green bottle, you reach for it and you get the card if you get the object. If you flip the card... Because the objects that you see on the card are the objects in the middle of the table. But if you flip a card, let's say, and you have a green chair, which doesn't exist in the middle of the table because the chair is red. So that object doesn't exist. And there is, let's say, a blue mouse. Okay, so 
the green, the chair, the mouse, and the blue are on the card, but these two objects, as they're shown, are not on the table, you need to go for the other object. So what's left from there? Uh, I'm the not even sure. The ghost. The ghost, yes. So there's no ghost. See, there's I'm no good at this game. Table, so I could have mm, go for the ghost. I would have won. Mm, ghost. Yes, mm. but it's not. I was describing. You know, that, that's the so. sound you make when you when you take a, a, a get mm. on. <laughs> yes, and it is a lot of fun. Everyone I've played this game with like it a lot. I mean, yeah, I gotta get it. I gotta get a copy. Oh, no, you don't have it. I I, I always put it in my cart. It's so cheap. Great game, and I never. I'm like, I'll buy it later. Yeah, it's one of these games like Double or Spotted in English, and uh, and Jungle Speed that like I I don't know if you know if you need all of those, but I have all three, and it's kind of cool. Like when you you play with people that don't like a lot of rules, I feel like those uh, are very like good speed games where you have to like to grab something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you have to think in a different way. So. I feel like it's a super cool game. Uh, it's called Ghost Blitz. There's a, a more complicated version that came out. I don't even remember what the name is. It's like Ghost Blitz, some like 7 to 11 or something like that. I don't even remember the name, but uh, you don't need that one. Honestly, just the base game is actually pretty good, and it's it's very cheap. So Ghost Blitz, a good pick, my number three. Very good pick. I like this game. I will get a copy. They have Ghost Blitz and Ghost Blitz 2 on Amazon for $20 each. So, uh, guys, there's enough time to get this delivered prime to your house before Halloween, and it is what I will be doing. Um, my number two category is large group. So you've noticed I went solo, or two-player, to co-op to large group. I'm trying to think, you know, we're getting a larger and larger group. We're getting closer and closer to game night or whatever you want to call it. Now we're maybe in game night. Maybe you got a lot of people that came over to your place. Um, large group, I'm thinking six, seven players, something like that, maybe eight. Uh, and it's a game, again, I pull out every Halloween. Uh, it's called Fearsome Floors. You can play with up to seven players. Um, you are trying to escape a monster in a dungeon, and the monster moves based on proximity and line of sight. And so what you're doing is you're trying to move around people. You can slide through blood when you're moving your 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 uh, players around. You either have three or four, depending on how many people are playing. Uh, and another one of those games that tried to use licensed uh, things with, you know, they made them all ambiguous looking. Uh, uh, well, they're obvious looking, but they don't have names. So a little bit ambiguous. Like, oh, that's not necessarily the Scooby-Doo crew. And that's not necessarily the Adams family. Yeah. Like, it's pretty funny that they did this. Um, it's a great game. Up to seven players. It's it's just a barrel of laughs because there's always somebody who's like, no, 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 the monster. And the, and the monster will move a random amount of spaces. So he may kill somebody and devour them or he may not. Uh, and I just always love bringing it out. People love playing it. Uh, but if you can't find a copy of that uh, and you are limited on budget, grab a copy of Werewolf, either One Night Ultimate, tons of fun, you can play with up to 10 people, or grab Werewolves of Miller's Hollow. Uh, it's a very simple card game, cheap to buy. It's all over. It's an Indigo. It's at all kinds of bookstores and stuff. Uh, you need a larger group for this, though. So be prepared to have 10 to 15 people. If you find yourself in that situation this October, uh, grab a copy. It's, it's a lot of fun. But Werewolf for a, a One Night Ultimate Werewolf um, is a really great 
um, seven to ten ish, six to ten player type of game. Social deduction, lots of fun, super quick to play. So but it plays those with are my larger you need, group. You need either a phone or, or like a exactly or, or like an, an iPad, iPad or something, or like something like yeah. that. Yeah. So great uh, large group, larger group games. That's my number two. Fearsome Floors or Werewolf One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Fearsome Floor is one of these games that I like a lot. And I think the last time I played was at a Halloween party with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Years no, that's ago. That's when I play it. That's when I play it. Halloween. And that Halloween party was maybe three years ago. So I, I probably played it at least once since then. But last Halloween, of course, did nothing. Uh, just sat in the room crying with the lights off. Um, yes. But it, it's it's that game for me. It's It'll probably never leave my collection because that's when I bust it out. Uh, my number two is a huge game. It's a big game that I also haven't played in years, uh, but that I like a lot. I, I, I just need someone to like come for a whole afternoon and then we'll just like play it and play it. It, pl- it also plays with an app and it's called Manches of Madness Second Edition. Um, it's, uh, I guess it's sort of like a dungeon crawler in a way because you reveal room after room after room. Um, you start with, uh, configuration of your man, uh, mention. I was going to say your manner, but your mention, I guess. Yeah, same, same yeah. kind of thing. But I mean, yeah, because in, in, in French, it's manoir. So I said manner. I know it exists in English, but, um, so, um, yeah. And you start with like a few rooms and the app will tell you what happens. Like sometimes you'll enter a room and it says, okay, from this door, you hear someone crying or like you hear some noise and some rustling or something like that. And then you decide, am I going there? Am I going to pick this object? Some monsters will come up. The app will, like, there's some uh, puzzles you need to solve. Um, it's a very cool game. Uh, it's a very immersive game. So there's a story behind it. You have a character. You have uh, health. You have some, um, like, some strengths, some weaknesses. Uh, you need to work as a group. And there might be traders around the table anyway. So there's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool game. It's a pretty neat, neat game, but it's not a game for beginners. It's called Mentions of Madness. You can look it up online. Like, uh, there's a few videos if you want to see exactly what it looks like, but it's, it's a big game and it's quite expensive if you want to get it. So, uh, my number two, Mentions of Madness. I think that's a great pick. I'm glad you mentioned it. I've never played it, so I couldn't have included it. Um, I've always wanted to try it. So, uh, you know, when you buy your $600 flight, make sure that you pack that game in your bag and we'll play it. Yes. Mansions of of Mad. We just need to reread the rules again, I guess. Reread, read, 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 read. Uh, Man, Uh, I'm telling you, these days, like... I have a few game. Uh, I have many games that I haven't played yet, and I'm like, okay, there's a solo version. I'll just read, and I'm like, oh, oh, and I look at the rule book, and I'm like, okay, there's 20 pages of rules, plus six more pages because you play the solo version, and I feel like they're not well integrated. You need like, it's not like in the setup they tell you if you play solo, set it up that way. They're like, if you play solo, look at page 28. And you're like. Okay, so how am I saying? I don't know. This is precisely the reason I have not played Spirit Island yet. And I haven't seen the rule book, so I'm not accusing it of not doing the right thing with the rules. Like what you're saying, it's not 
but it's not generally integrated those rules that way. And yeah. I've looked at it on the shelf and I've been like, I know I can play that solo. And I've been itching to play it because it's a, supposed to be a fantastic game. And you gave it to me for Christmas last last year. So I'm like, man, got to get this game to the table. But it's, it, it is exactly that. Like board game producers, you're not listening to us. I know you're not listening. I see the stats. I know you're not listening. But if you are, Make your solo rules, if you're going to add solo rules, integrate them in every step of how to learn how to play a game and make it like a blue box underneath that says, if you're playing solo, you have to do this because it is just a pain to have to read an additional six to 10 pages and you still don't know how to play the game. I, I totally agree with you. You have to go back and forth and back and forth whenever, because it's if it's the first time you play the game, like if you've played the game a few times and you're like, how do I play solo? Okay, cool. I can go at the end and look at exactly. the solo Exactly. But if it's yeah. the game I'm playing for the first time, I have to read the rules for like four players and then go at the enemy like, okay, but I need to change this part, which I don't remember because I haven't played the game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I wish they would just. No, that's, I think that's a fantastic idea you have there. And there's nothing you could do, but like tell all the, the, the producers of games that they need to do it, which is what we're telling them right now. Thanks for listening to Menage Or um, they could add that section at the end. If you've played the game before and just want to read the solo rules, like, the text is already there in blue boxes. Just put it as two extra pages at the end. So, but yeah. I don't know. Totally I, agree. I think that would be more fun. My number one category is game night. Yes, it is the game night. We're here. We need to play. We're going to play some games. I could put so many games on this list. Many of the ones I've already mentioned would make this list even if I wanted to. And But if, I, if I'm thinking like, you got the a chance to play one or two Halloween-ish games, and and that's all you've got is time for one or two. I I'm hesitating because I definitely think Horrified should make that list, yeah, because it's co-op. But uh, obviously, it made it the co-op section. So I put a game that I have a very uh, difficult relationship with a uh, love hate and i probably am gonna buy it again no. i'm probably gonna buy it again i can't believe i'm saying this but i'm probably gonna buy it again betrayal at no. house on the hill no. i think it this is a game night no. game it is a classic game night game you you bust it out monopoly Everybody, is a classic game no I, it's a classic battleship is a game classic night game. game game night game night game you know you're playing game night and you put out betrayal at house on the hill building out this this house um uh, cooperatively or semi cooperatively and then somebody becomes the enemy sometimes it's the game sometimes it's a couple people sometimes yeah. one person and it's the haunt and it, it it is the game i want to love and it always lets me down and i waited long enough and i give it another chance and i hate it again so it'll be 2021 will be the next the next time we play it and i'll hate it again uh, but I think it it should be at your Halloween game night. It's a classic B movie type game where Don't you know it. all of the scenarios are uh, this haunted house with different monsters. The, the theme of it is what I love. And even if the gameplay ends up being shitty or the ending is always not as good as you wanted it to be, it's like a crappy B horror movie. And there's tons of those this time of year. And I think it gives you that satisfaction. It's Halloween. It's not. The best, uh, you know, game uh, ever, but it's a, it's a great Halloween uh, starter. And I will add to that that you could do Fury of Dracula or 
letters from Whitechapel, especially Fury of Dracula, you've got the Dracula character that might feel a little more Halloween-y than, you know, Jack the Ripper. But this kind of all versus one, uh, Fury of Dracula, you're actually fighting the Dracula character. So going around Europe and fighting them, you get this, you know, Halloween vampire hunting uh, theme and feeling. So I think both of those are fairly long games. I actually think Fury of Dracula is considerably longer if I think about it. But Betrayal ends up taking a while unless the haunt happens really early. So I think this is kind of a, you know, for a game night with five to six people, five people, let's say, uh, you want a couple of games. I'm not talking gamer gamers. I'm talking like those normal gamers. I'm saying with um, quotation marks that you meet at a Starbucks and they've heard of Pandemic before. They are going to find that to be a nice meaty experience an hour and a half let's do this Trail house in the hill or fury of dracula which is a little longer but i think they're great halloween theme games for a game night um i know it's controversial but that's my pick those are my my number one game night games it's a sucky game it like the only good thing about this game is the idea of the game i was so excited to play that game the first time and i was like man it sucks it's 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 it, it it's like a bad version of Mansions of Madness, but a very bad version of it. Like, <laughs> and it's sort of like Room Twenty Five in a way as well. Like you enter a room, something's gonna happen, but Room Twenty Five is good. But it sucks. It's I don't know why it sucks, but it sucks. I had no pleasure playing that game at all. Yeah, I, it's it, I, it sucks. it's it's the it's the bad boy, right? For me, it's the it's the boyfriend that beats you, but he's just so kind to you when he's in a good mood, you know? Like I I just wanna I just wanna give him another chance. He just <laughs> just seems like it could be a game I love and every time I play it I don't. I, I, I actually dislike it so much every time that I say I'm not playing that ever again. No, it's so, not good. I've only played it five times, maybe six times a charm. <laughs> yeah. The twenty fifth time is a charm. Well, I just keep going back to him. You know, I'm yeah, that battered well, wife syndrome. I, I love him. Uh, and Stockholm syndrome. I, I love Betrayal on House on the Hill. And I uh, will try it one more time. You just gave me a reason not to go to Ottawa for Halloween. So, um, yeah. So my number one is not Betrayal on the House on the Hill. Whatever that's called. <laughs> my number one is an awesome game about ghosts ghosts called ghost stories mm, i almost put this in my co-op section but um for some reason i don't think of it as halloween and you know what it is it's the uh asian theming which that's maybe not it fair looks more ninja think that, than ghost yeah which maybe that's not fair maybe maybe in asian halloween theme this would be what their ghosts would look like sorry yeah. that's maybe rude but um it just didn't come to me as a halloween theme that's all yeah. but it's a fantastic game sorry but it, it does look visually does look a little more like a ninja theme game than an horror theme game but yeah, yeah 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 it is about ghosts invading a village and like haunting tiles and stuff like that so i i i I didn't think of it right away when I was looking at my list and like trying to make it. Uh, but once I, I was like, Oh yeah, for sure. Like that's has to be my number one. It's such a great game and it's very difficult. It's very frustrating. And usually when I play, I play it two or three times in a row because I just want to beat the game. I did beat it many times, but I would say that my success rate right now is probably sitting at like 25 to 40%. 
it's it's pretty low. It's a very difficult game uh, where you're trying, like, it's a co-op game where you're trying to beat uh, a tons of of spirits and and yeah and ghosts, I guess. And then you have to like stay alive for like the whole deck to go through, and ten cards from the end the big boss comes on and when the big boss is there you have 10 turns to beat it or you lose so often we don't even get to that big boss um and we die before but when you get there you need to like be prepared so you have but you don't know who the big boss will be so you need to like sort of have a different like everyone has to have a sort of like different strategy and like I'll, I'll specialize in this, you'll specialize in this. And then when the big bus comes, we'll just hope we have one of those and then try to beat it in, in 10 turns or less. So it's such a great game by one of uh, my favorite all-time designers, Antoine Boza, who gave us Seven Wonders, uh, Hanabi, Tokaido, Takenoko and stuff like that. So great, great game called Ghost Stories is my number one. I'm starting to think that Antoine Boza has a little bit of an obsession with uh, some of these From other Japan. Asian cultures, right? No, uh, Japan, exactly Japan. He said, like, he went to Japan and he loves Japan. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I didn't even notice that all those games were, were his designs. Um, ghost Stories. You'd have to really lean into the theme for me to get into the idea of it being um, Halloween-y. Like, you'd have to be like, this ghost comes from here. And he doesn't, like, you'd have to make it about Ooh. ghosts because, yeah, yeah. Which is maybe hard Dracula to do. Dracula comes. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no, like, flavor text on the cards that might be harder to do. Uh, you'd need somebody like, um, you know who I'm thinking of. Uh, I won't say his name, but um from france and uh yeah. and currently lives in montreal i believe uh yeah, he was on our podcast nerd. no he's never been on the podcast oh okay no i know theater the other one. nerd okay, uh so i think he's the type that would without flavor text be able to create his own uh flavor text and make that that theme run through i'll say something about ghost stories i think it's fantastic but i think it's too scripted here's in what, what i mean way? I, I don't i don't have the right adjective yet Maybe I'll find it. Well, this is what I mean. But I, I think the I understand what you is, mean, but uh, Pandemic and all like of the co-op games you play are, are just like that as well. I will disagree for this reason. Ghost Stories is like, hey, the boss, he's 10 cards from the end. Okay. Everything you do pre-boss is like, why are we doing this? Surviving. Oh, it's just to set this. Yeah, it's just to set the stage. It's like, well, what? Why are we doing that? Yeah, we're just setting the stage. Like, it's not like, you know, it's like, well, why don't we just play the fucking boss then? He's right there. Let's just play him. No, 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 no. We got to play all these other cards first. Like it's in pandemic and other games, it evolves and random things happen. And you're like, oh shit, I didn't think that card would get added. That's making this really hard. But in this game, it's like, okay, just keep trying to survive till the boss comes. And then you got to beat the boss. It's like, why are we doing that? Why don't we just take out the boss? Then I, I, I get frustrated at that thought of it, even though I love the gameplay and the cooperation and the like, it's almost a puzzle every time. Like, well, where should we put What if I go, if I go here, what if happens? Anyway, love the game, I, I, but I I, I, that part saying. of it really bugs me. I understand what you're saying, but uh, except for the fact that it's exactly 10 cards from the end, I think you can make it more difficult uh, like with uh, by putting, by putting it like five card, five cards from the end and stuff like that. But even then, it's going to be a fixed location in the deck. Um, 
except for that part, I feel like what happens is you're trying to have as many resources as possible when you get there. So you're trying to do as good as possible with the rest to have what you need to be, to, to beat a big boss within 10, 10 rounds or 10 turns yeah. of the end. Uh, so when you get there, you never ever have the same whatever, like uh, weapons or whatever you need to beat uh, bosses. So. Yeah, I just think of it as like, and, and what I think they could do is they could follow Pandemic, and I'll explain that in a second, because if there's 50 cards in the deck mm -hmm. and it's card 11, I know there's 49 cards. So I can count. I can be like, boss is coming. Boss is coming in five cards. Boss is coming in three cards. I dislike that. Like, we're just we're just setting the stage. Hey, how bad will this game fuck us up this time before the boss comes? That's kind of how it feels, right? Whereas Pandemic, I know that they, they can't do this because it's one boss, but I like that the um, Outbreaks are shuffled into sections. So it helps to balance it a bit, but you could still have card 10, card 11, you know, card 20, card 21, that you have an outbreak beside an outbreak. And that would be a fuck show. And that would make it really hard, but it would be random. And you'd have to respond to that randomness versus like, well, let's just play this game for, for 40 turns because we're garbage because this game is so hard. And if we're lucky this time, we can actually take on the boss. That seems like fun. How beat up are we? Oh, boss is coming. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm getting at, but like that, I like the randomness of pandemic where I know within 10 cards, there will be an outbreak, but it might be card seven. It might be card one. It might be card nine. So, yeah. But then in pandemic, you know, for example, when you've had four outbreaks, you know, you're out of outbreaks. You're like, okay, I'm okay for the rest of the game or that's fair. Yeah. I have two left. I know exactly yeah. how many outbreaks. So, but anyway, uh, maybe you'd be happier if instead of having a big boss in ghost stories, you had like four or five, Yeah, mini, bosses mini bosses. Yeah, that'd be a cool expansion. It might already in. exist. I don't know their expansions that well, so that might already exist, but that might be a cool way to, to change up the game at least, right? Yeah. Anyway. But it's such a great game. Great game. Great game. Great I game. have a terrible success rate as well. I, don't, I, don't, I couldn't calculate it, but <laughs> rarely win. Yeah. And when I said 25 to 40, I think I was like optimistic. It's probably between 15 and 25. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a tough game. Um, so... There's our list. Do you, do you have, Mr. Mr. Luke, do you have any honorable mentions you'd like to? Well, I, could, I would hate myself if I, if I didn't mention a lot of games that I put aside just because we mentioned them so many times. Uh, but I, I, I'm just saying that you should play those games on Halloween night. I mean, I didn't develop on those because if you've been listening to us since the beginning, you'd be like, okay, they talk about the same stuff all the time. So I just want to mention them. Like for Halloween, you should play those. Um, Dead of Winter. Dead of Winter is such a great game. Uh, flick him up, Dead of Winter. It's kind of cool too. Um, uh, Werewolf, you talked about. Mord Amorosa. Pretty cool game. Um, I mean, it's it's more like a like a detective game, but there's a murder and stuff. So I feel like it could feel it could work with Halloween. Uh, Mr. Jack, Mr. Jack Pocket, all of those like murder type of thing. Mysterium Park, Mysterium, um, the game. The theme has nothing, nothing to do with the <laughs> game, but the theme is a horror theme for a horror theme for some reason. Zombie 15 that you mentioned, uh, great, cool game. Letters from Whitechapel, horrified pandemic Tulu, which is cool. Mm. I saw when I was looking online, Monopoly it. That's such a that weird too. mix. Such yeah. a weird mix. 
like a family yeah. game with a it team theme. Sorry. Yeah. Um, a game That's that a I tough pl- one for you to say. Uh, an it theme. It right? theme. Like a, yeah, exactly. A, a hit, a hit team. A hit theme. Um, a game that I played when I was a kid that kind of sucks, but that had a very neat feature when I was a kid. It's called Atmosphere Now, but back mm. then in English, it was called Nightmare. Yeah. It had a VHS. Um, it, it was, it was kind of neat because like we, when you played once, it was cool. But if you played twice or thrice or four times, then you knew what was going to happen. So it kind of sucked, I guess, after a while, because it's exactly the same thing. Uh, then they made a DVD version of it, which made, made it a little better. And then I think they remade it in 2019. I haven't seen what they did with it. Uh, maybe they, there's more uh, like different things, I guess, because now with the internet, you can, you can actually do different things every time you play the game. But it was kind of neat back then. And there's two games I really want to try. Uh, I've been wanting to wanting to try. One is The Shining by Prospero Hall, the same theme that gave us the same team. Sorry, not theme. I keep saying theme and team t- tonight. Uh, who gave us uh, Horrified and Back to the Future. They made a, a game about The Shining. I guess they make all the movies. It's not ranked very high on BGG, but I love The Shining and I like their other games. So I'm, I'm intrigued by The Shining. Also a game called Nyctophobia, where one of the players is an axe murderer and the rest of the players have uh, glasses on where they can't see anything and they have to touch the game to get out of like a sort of maze, I guess. And they're directed, they, like the game is only like not seeing and touching stuff to remember where you should be going. And the ax murderer is like fucking up the, the, the forest for you. So you're trying to get out of there and get back to your car. So I feel like that could be interesting. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's it. What about you? Yeah. So first of all, I, uh, Hocus Pocus, there's a new Ravensburger version of, uh, of a game, Hocus Pocus. I think it came out this year. Yeah. Um, it looks a little more on the family side of things, but it's cooperative and obviously another classic, um, Disney Halloween movie that, uh, and gets played in my household, uh, annually, uh, where words, I like word games. And this is kind of like the one night ultimate werewolf meets a word game. And, you know, there's somebody that knows the word, but other people that don't, and they're trying to block them a little bit like the game you have with the, um, the sleeping theme, like the, the Sandman. Oh uh, yeah. Um, dream. Um, when I dream, when I dream. Yeah. So it's, I think it's a little bit like that, not much, but a little bit like that. And it's got the werewolf theme with the, so it's, it's a mixture of, of when I dream and when I ultimate werewolf from what I can tell, I mm-hmm. own it, but I haven't played it yet. So I'd like to maybe bust it out this year and Nyctophobia as well. It's been a couple of years that I've been meaning to buy it. Uh, I am, um, a person of varied abilities. I won't say the word, uh, disabilities, but I appreciate, um, when companies take, uh, steps to include people of different, uh, abilities. And so I've talked about this before with Mortimer Rosa. Uh, this is another example of somebody who, uh, who may be blind that could play this game. And they yeah. actually might have an advantage in that game where they're using their finger to go around this plastic forest and save themselves from an axe murderer. I think it would be fun for those that are seeing and inclusive of those who are not. So cool games that I would love to try. I don't know if I'll get to them this Halloween season, but, uh, but uh, fingers crossed. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, Yeah, I'd like to try it. it. It's not a game I'd want to buy, but I'm very intrigued by it. So, Yeah, I think I'll probably buy it, uh, and then maybe we can play it together. 
That's awesome. Well, there you have it. Those are our lists. What do you think? Are we right? Are we wrong? Um, how dumb are we? Are there games you play every Halloween that we didn't mention because we're too daft to remember them? Uh, write us a message on our Facebook, our Instagram, via email, or any other way. You can also send us a, a, a pigeon, of course, a messenger uh, pigeon that can uh, can send us um, uh, the games we should have included in our lists. Luke, do you have something you want to say to the people before we get out of here? Yes. Do you remember uh, when I was in France and I got chat on the head by a pigeon? Oh, yes. Luke, not only do I remember, but it is one of my favorite moments in human history. Then you will love your life because I went to have sushi <gasps> on a terrace last week and I got oh chat on again. Oh my God, yes. Oh, this is so great. It okay. was awesome. Seriously, you got shat on again? I've yeah. never been shat on by a bird ever. You got shat on by a bird yeah, by two I, birds in the last three years? Yeah, exactly. I had never been shat on except for like my wife. But no, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, we are checking the box. We are checking that box. Wow. No. Take a dump on my chest. Okay, let's go. No, but uh, twice in less than three years. So that's fucking amazing. Yeah. I'm so happy. Pretty awesome. What was the difference uh, in consistency myself. between canadian bird and french bird i'm guessing the french well, it was bird not the was the same type of bird so i feel like uh, the thing is like the 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 size of the poop was about the same for a bird that was like a third the size of the pigeon last time so it was like wow what the hell man what are you eating well it's a canadian bird now all those hormones yeah i guess i guess anyway the mcdonald's that you throw out the window as your usual car, you know? i don't want uh, these fries Jake. anymore just have them <laughs> As usual, Jake, it was a real displeasure. So, uh, and until next time, this was Luke. And this was Jake. And you have been listening to our board game podcast. Ménage à deux. Happy Halloween. Bye-bye.